All right, so this is the start of reviewing for the Sports Medicine Board Exam, the CAQSM. So this is the very first podcast for it. Um, In this first section, we're going to be going through the Sports Medicine Review book by Mark Harris and Jonathan Finoff. So first chapter of importance, chapter two, the role of the team physician. So the role of the team physician is basically here's a collaborative consensus statement developed by six medical organizations suggests these are the requirements for team docs. One, provide the best medical care for athletes at all levels of participation. Two, they must be an MD or DO in good standing and have an unrestricted license. Three, they must have a good knowledge of on-field emergency medical care, so good sideline coverage. Four, they must be trained in CPR and how to use an external defibrillator. So basically, they need to know BLS. Five, they must have a working knowledge of musculoskeletal injuries, psych issues, and medical conditions in athletes. And then six, they must understand and assist in the development and practices of sideline preparedness to promote health and safety of athletes. So moving on to section two, um, talking about ethics of sports medicine physicians. So they must maintain professionalism and remember primum non nocere meaning above all, do no harm. First point in this section talks about patient autonomy, which is defined as the ability of athletes and patients to make their own decisions regarding medical or surgical options. However, for autonomy to occur, informed consent must be present. So what is informed consent? The AMA Code of Medical Ethics notes the patient's right of self-decision can be effectively exercised only if the patient possesses enough information to enable an intelligent choice. And then B, it requires the disclosure of diagnosis, nature and purpose of any proposed treatment, alternative treatments, consequences of treatment, risk of return to play, and prognosis if that treatment's not performed. So basically for informed consent to be present, you got to have the info and disclosure of all those things so the necessary conditions for legitimate informed consent as it pertains to sideline physicians are as follows so part a disclosure all relevant information that a reasonable person in this player's position will want to know regarding the proposed treatment non-treatment alternative treatments must be explained in an appropriate fashion so a disclosure b's capacity players must have the capacity to understand this info and appreciate how it applies to them. In the legal system, this is known as competency. So again, part B is capacity. And C, voluntariness. In an environment without coercion, players must voluntarily express their wishes regarding the proposed options. So voluntariness. So where this gets a little tricky is with athletes who are minors. Parents or legal guardians serve as their medical decision authority. In rare circumstances, minors can make medical decisions for themselves. The legal status of emancipation is granted by legal statutes of the state. They can be legally classified as a mature minor for issues of medical decision-making. Moving on, patient confidentiality is important throughout all this. Laws such as the uh, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1986, a.k.a. HIPAA, and the Federal Education Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA, play major roles in patient confidentiality. If an independent physician cares for a patient in his or her private office, HIPAA rules apply. So if it's in the office, HIPAA. 
We recommend to have an athlete's consent to release information to coaches and other members working with the team. However, a physician who is an employee of the team may disclose an athlete's health conditions with coaches and team owners because the information may be considered part of the athlete's employment record, therefore would not fall under HIPAA. So that's kind of where it gets a little bit different in the office versus the physicians employed by them. So then what is FERPA? FERPA permits team physicians employed by a college or university student health clinic to release information without the patient's consent or authorization to other school officials who have an educational interest in the information. FERPA, however, does not dis- allow disclosure of health information to the media or other outside entities without the athlete signed authorization. So you can do it just to the school itself, but otherwise that's still... A no-no. On-field treatment and evaluations may not fall under HIPAA if they are considered emergencies. Moving on to further medical legal stuff. So under Part A, the physician responsibility. One, uh, there's a fiduciary obligation of the physician. A physician focuses exclusively on a patient's health and on what is best for the patient health. Athlete-doctor relationship is a patient-physician relationship. Trust is expected um, in this relationship. And it requires a physician to give an athlete full disclosure of medical condition and risks of participation. Two, remaining physicians must remain an objective medical expert during treatment and return to play decisions and not get involved in the, the game and options of winning and all that kind of stuff. Three, they ensure safety of other participants on the playing field. For example, they are um, notified if contagious skin disease is detected in a wrestling match. Four, coverage of game or practice may involve team physician or other sports medicine health professionals. Negligence related to oversight may be considered responsibility of the team physician. Five, pre-participation physical examination clearance determination is under the physician responsibility. Six, post-injury return to sports decisions. So think, has the athlete been evaluated by the appropriate doctor? Has the athlete received adequate treatment? Were images documented? Has functional testing been applied before returning? Have the risks of returning been discussed with the athlete and documented? So that's kind of a big point. Seven, Communication with other healthcare professionals for athletes' healthcare needs. Eight, knowledge of the pharmacology regarding medications their team members are prescribed. They must know which drugs are banned and follow appropriate governing bodies' guidelines if therapeutic use exemption is required. So the National Collegiate Athletic Association, NCAA, and the WADA, World Anti-Doping Agency, have policies and procedures in place for such. So moving on from physician responsibility is physician liability. So it is guided by tort law. So tort means a wrong that involves a breach of civil duty owed to someone else. The person who suffers torturous injury is entitled to receive damages from the person responsible. So medical malpractice is usually based on negligence torts that require establishment of the following four things. One, the defendant had a duty to act, and then two, the defendant breached that duty, which then three, caused harm to the plaintiff because of that breach, and then four, that harm is measurable. 
That's kind of when malpractice has a case. It's guided by tort law. Two, physicians protect themselves by practicing good medicine, i.e. use published guidelines, consensus statements, etc. Um, think of Dr. Sisk. And placing the healthcare needs of the athlete over all competing interests. The physician's judgment should be governed only by medical considerations. So you got to remove themselves from the fun of the sports. So clinical practice guidelines have been allowed in evidence to establish standard of care. However, they are not conclusive to the standard of care. They also allow reference for treatment decisions and return to play as they reduce uncertainty in the, quote, customary practice. Part three under physician liability is professional sports. Athlete-physician relationship on professional teams involves employment contracts. Physicians may have a direct contract for salary payment or an indirect financial benefit from association. Um, There's advertising, their title, location to generate revenue. If the physician is a, quote, employee of the professional team, those athletes on the professional team may be considered under workers' comp benefits, and the physician is usually protected legally from being sued as they are, quote, co-employees. Physicians acting in an employment contract with the professional team are recommended to disclose their relationship with the company to the athlete so the athlete understands any direct or indirect relationship with the professional team. Four, the physician must educate the athlete regarding expected treatment outcomes and risks of return to play. Five, physicians should understand their state law regarding, quote, first responder and, quote, good Samaritan statutes. When a patient consents to follow the care of a physician has recommended and the physician has assessed and rendered an opinion on their injury, a doctor-patient relationship has been established regardless of free care or volunteering. Moving on from physician liability is PPE. Um, Pre-participation physical exam. So, first point is to assess medical history, family history, and perform a physical exam. Two, the goals of the PPE are the following four things. Detect conditions that may predispose athletes to injury, illness, or death. To detect conditions that may put other athletes at risk. To meet legal and insurance requirements. And then four, to determine general health. Counsel on health-related issues. Assess fitness level specific for sport. Those kind of four things. PPE content may vary based on the age and the level of competition. So like professional athletes, there are additional implications to consider of contracts, employment component for the athlete or professional team. They discuss with athlete confidentiality aspects regarding informing coaches or team management. For collegiate athletes, after the first year PPE, subsequent annual assessments should be performed to update history and exam with focus on any new medical conditions. So they'll do a bigger one first and then smaller ones annually from there. For secondary schools or youth travel squads, confirm history information with parent, guardian, or accompanying documents provided. They need the parental consent and it only really works well if the parents are there. Clearance also relates to psychological, cognitive, and physical readiness to participate in the chosen sport. Youth mature musculoskeletally and cognitively at different rates. This should be considered when clearing an athlete for a given sport. One must follow their clinical practice guidelines or consensus statements by expert panels if no standard of care for clearance to participate. Some may concern certain age levels and or or level of competition. 
However, there are limited legal standards for pre-participation evaluation and clearance in professional athletes. Part D, I'll talk about return to play, specific conditions that are covered in other chapters. So one, physical injury or medical condition. A, utilize clinical practice guidelines and treatment and return to play decisions. Understand an athlete's practice and competition environment to prevent further injury. Understand psychosocial aspects that may affect recovery and prevent injury and return to play decisions. Engage other members of medical management team for complex issues such as post-substance abuse with academic and physical function implications. And then last, E, waiver of liability. So signed waivers such as exculpatory agreements do not absolve team physicians from liability. There's little legal framework for waiver agreements and these are viewed as unenforceable. Assumption of risk may be incorporated into an informed consent form. A perspective or release of risk may not be enforceable, but will undergo scrutiny and considered in athletes requesting release against medical advice. So the last major section here is talking about administrative responsibilities for the team physician. So development of policies and procedures related to medical injuries and conditions that may affect athletes' participation in sport. So part one, understand intrinsic and extrinsic risks of sport. Identify athletes at risk, establish prevention strategies, including athlete education for injuries and medical conditions. Two, maintain written policies outlining communication, testing, and outside consultant referral for certain conditions. Athletes sign a document outlining understanding of how information may be shared with team administration, coaches, and other health professionals if injuries should occur. If athletes are minors, have the parent or legal guardian also sign. Three, keep medical records documenting pre-participation as physicals, injuries, treatments, risks of sport, participation, and return to play decisions. Documents medical care and establishes athletes' awareness of injury and medical condition as well as risks of returning to sports. They must also review policies and procedures regularly and follow their state and federal guidelines and local standard of medical care when developing these policies. Communication between the appropriate school officials and the rest of the medical team for care of the athlete's health is important for the team physician. It should be the athlete's advocate in return to play decisions and should collaborate with outside specialists and other healthcare professionals. Also, the family, coach, and admin as appropriate. Policies and procedures for emergency management of athletes participating in school-sponsored sports is also paramount. It's recommended to create a written emergency action plan that is understood by all members of the athletic sports medicine team. By practicing these emergency procedures, uh, they can be better prepared for such. Um, Especially for catastrophic events in coordination with community medical system. And then coordination of care with other healthcare professionals for the athlete's care. Let's meet with community agencies to provide cohesive implementation of medical care policies such as emergency transport for catastrophic injury, collaborative efforts with community and legislature to increase safety in the sports venue, and to develop universal policies to prevent injury. That is the first chapter, role of the team physician.